This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Are you looking to save 50, 60, even 70% on your phone bill? Well, here's a tip. Broadvoice.com. Hi, it's Brad Staggs of Blaze TV here. Broadvoice offers high-quality phone service for only $8.95 a month. You may ask, how can I save so much money? What's the catch? Well, the secret is the technology. Broadvoice uses VoIP technology that takes analog audio signals from your phone, turns them into digital data, and then transfers them over the Internet. This means crystal clear sound and cheaper phone bills. Broadvoice has been ranked in the Deloitte Technology Fast 500 and Inc. 500 as one of the fastest growing private companies in America. Get Broadvoice right now for only $8.95 a month. Keep your existing phone number for free and Broadvoice will send you their easy plug-in adapter free. All this and you get unlimited local calling for just $8.95 a month. Plus, for a limited time, Broadvoice will even give you your first month free. Do what we did here at Blaze Radio. Make the switch today at broadvoice.com or call Triple eight seven two seven Beck. What a day! What a what a fun fun day it is. <laughs> Isn't it a fun day? Fully agree with that, Pat. I I, I love the fact that this uh, free speech thing in Texas has turned into a oh you can't you can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater. The left never said that about Charlie Hebdo. Not. Once did I ever hear that wasn't protected speech. The foul, vile, disgusting cartoon crap that they were doing at this Charlie Hebdo thing in France. Not ever did anybody say that wasn't protected speech. All of a sudden now, because it's Texas, uh, and and because, you know, seemingly it's, it's about conservatives getting together and just uh, exercising their right to say whatever they want. Uh, now it's a terrible thing, and it's not protected. Yeah, uh, I mean, as we were kind of finishing up the radio show, it was breaking. Uh, this, did you see this Chris Cuomo exchange? We have to get into this at some point today. I didn't see the Cuomo thing. Chris Cuomo came out and said um, it was really, a really snarky way of saying it too. It was something to the effect of uh, he was responding to somebody and said, um, "Hate speech is not protected speech. Don't just say you love the Constitution. Read it." <laughs> okay. Like, um, I would love to have that guy. Again, again. We, we've talked about what a total, us, but... total and complete douchebag he is. <laughs> he's getting worse, too. Well, he is. He, he is. And he's he... getting worse every day. He's taking up where, like, a Lawrence O'Donnell or a Chris Matthews left off. Uh, and he's so un- unbelievably wrong and illogical. And he's telling people all the time with such certitude, read the Constitution. Show me where hate speech is not protected in the Constitution. Right. It's I want to see it. So he kept, I want to so see it. After, that is specifically protected. Mm-hmm. It's the only type of speech. How, to, it's one of the only types of speech you need not, to protect. Yes. How could not saying something hateful, how could that not be protected by the Constitution? It's like, uh, if it's all loving speech, right. why protect it? Hi, Pat. How are you today? Oh, how dare you say that? That's 
No one's, no one's, no, no one's okay, attacking yeah, that no, speech. Nobody's attacking uh, that. And so he uh, uh, flails. I love you, Stu. Oh, well, thank you so much, yeah. Pat, but that's hate speech. I mean, we're going to have to shut you no, down. No, it's actually the opposite. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, it's it's uh, pretty amazing. And so, of course, everybody on Earth who knows that hate speech is um, uh, protected, and honestly, it's they probably know it uh, in a lot of ways by the media who uses that defense every time a liberal says something hateful. Um, you know, you like Char- Charlie Hebdo, mm-hmm. uh, although that was obviously not in this country. Um, it's amazing because you have this thing where he comes out and tries. He's obviously called on it right away. Everybody on the planet says, uh, "Yeah, it is protected. It absolutely is." And he was citing a, site, a case from 1942 where uh, there was an incident, and and uh, they call it the "fighting words" case, where like if you call up to someone and you and you say "fighting words" to someone, in some ways that's not protected, and that's similar maybe to the fire in the crowded theater. You're inciting action against you. If you come up and say, get in somebody's face and scream at them or whatever, you could understand that. But that's, uh, I don't know, not the case here at all. Doesn't apply to this case at all. Uh, and as he had to eventually acknowledge and uh, about from, and he was just responding to everybody. It's amazing how much he responded to everybody that day, but just couldn't find his Twitter when he was trying to take us on, which was amazing. Right. Just could not locate his, his mobile phone that day. Which was amazing, but he was responding to everybody and just getting obliterated. I mean, embarrassing. But he just just turned up the douchery. That's the way he responds to things. He turns up mm-hmm. the douchery more and more and more. And uh, eventually, uh, he's like, "Well, no, obviously, the Westboro Baptist Church uh, is protected. That's not what we're talking about here." So it's like either you were wrong completely, or you don't believe the Westboro Baptist Church is hate speech. Mm-hmm. Those are the two options. Again, Chris Cuomo, uh, absolute destructive fall on his face from nine stories. Yeah, and there's nothing there's nothing more hateful than what the Westboro Baptist Church does. Oh, it's clearly nothing, worse There's than... nothing more hateful than them. Oh, yeah, here it is. Um, so, too many people are trying to say hate speech is free free speech. It doesn't. Hate speech is excluded from protection. Don't just say you love the Constitution. Read it. What? <laughs> Moron. And such Good a advice. Du- you might want to follow it, Chris. Yes, I know. You might want to freaking follow it. Yeah. And what a douche. I mean, oh, I, just beyond the fact incredible. of being completely... Look, anyone can be wrong on something. Anyone yeah. can make a mistake. Um, uh, but it, it's pathetic when you handle it yourself like that, and you're, you're so embarrassed in front of so many people. I mean, so many people, Chris, saw you embarrass yourself with lack of basic knowledge of the Constitution and how free speech is handled. I mean... It's it's kind of maybe, I don't, you know, Arby's. And, and is, is Arby's a good career choice for you? Maybe is that is that a different <laughs> a different direction to go? Because yeah. there you don't really have to talk about constitutional issues as often, right. and you probably wouldn't be as embarrassed. <laughs> you'd be embarrassed when you, when you gave people uh, the wrong roast beef sandwich. You'd be embarrassed, and you mm-hmm. certainly would do that constantly. But your idea that you have to go in there and talk about serious issues like the Constitution, I mean, it just might not be the thing for you. And no, because, we all we all have different roles. Because uh, Chris got some flack on Twitter, he followed it up with this tweet, uh, which is kind of interesting. For the last time today, I didn't mean the language of the First Amendment. I meant the case law. And hate speech has has been protected except for fighting words. That's, now, is that what he said okay. in that first tweet? No, it not is not. at all. No, it he said not. it was not he protected. He said it was the Constitution, which is the First <laughs> yep. Amendment. And case law has <laughs> nothing to do with the freaking Constitution. And he specifically said hate speech was not was not protected. Yeah. And now he says Read hate it. speech is protected, except for idiot. fighting words. I mean, this, and this is so stupid. This is after so stupid. dozens 
Pat, of tweets from him trying to protect his original position. Amazing. And he just kept falling back slowly, 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 and said he'd been called out on it so many times and was proven so wrong so mm -hmm. often he had to come up with that nonsense. He, uh, probably so somebody good. posted the actual words in the First Amendment, and he's like, uh, oh, crap. Oh, crap. Oh, wait. Uh, there is nothing about hate speech there. If you guys uh, can find the one where he was like, <laughs> I'm a lawyer. <laughs> I'm a lawyer, and you oh, wow. try you telling really me I'm there. Was, I'm a lawyer. Try telling me I'm wrong again. Jeez. That seriously, you got to find that one. That one's so good. That's phenomenal. This guy is among the. I mean, like we. There are a lot of politicians we don't like. There's a lot of uh, you know annoying actors or Hollywood people, or whatever. And some of them make it into the douche hall of fame. But there really is a specific type of person the douche hall of fame was originally designed for. Mm -hmm. It was designed for Alan Grayson was the first one. And if you know Alan Grayson from Florida, it's more than just being bad at your job. It's more than being a bad politician. It's more than being wrong all the time. There's a characteristic mm -hmm. where like you're in everybody's face and you just acting like a douche constantly and Chris Cuomo is there there's I mean, a special he, nobody does je ne sais better quoi. yeah to being a, a hall of fame douche member now he made it into the hall of fame right Chris we Cuomo did, we, yeah I don't think we ever voted Have on we him. voted on him I because I, I think that Have might we, be our, our, our tool today humongous oversight if that's now, true now look the Douche Hall There's of Fame committee looks at this and says, wow. okay, Chris Cuomo's too irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have the track record. But I think he's built the track record yeah, yeah. Uh, since that initial point. And yes, yeah. is, he, is he too irrelevant? I mean, maybe. Probably. But still, I think he warrants some Look, uh, we need to leave it today. to the people on that. Yes. Okay? We need to leave that to the people. It's <laughs> a great point. There's this huge outcry over this. There's that huge outcry over, there, there was over Ferguson where every, almost everybody who who were attacking police were wrong on all the facts there. In this case, we don't know the facts, and everybody's yelling about the, uh, the Baltimore situation. It's very similar. These three instances are very similar in this way. And uh, Glenn was talking about national outcry last night on his show, and here's what he had to say. We have uh, this from um, Calvin Coolidge I want to start the show with. When people are bewildered, they tend to become credulous, meaning when they're freaking out, They'll believe anything. When they don't know what to do, they'll just buy into it. That was a warning from Calvin Coolidge in 1930 at the beginning of the Great Depression. And he was talking about the danger of expecting too much government. It was enlarged during times of distress, and you started to just accept that the government would do all of these things because you didn't know what to do. Sound familiar? The professional agitators, the community organizers, the race hucksters, they understood this all too well when Coolidge said this, and I think they still do. It's not a mere coincidence that all of the usual suspects descend on the scene of every national outcry. It is by design. For example, let's look at Baltimore. Al Sharpton went to Baltimore. He's the race guy, right? He's working there with the president. So he's down there sending the message that there's a race problem. But as it turns out, not so much. Three of the six officers charged are black. So the guy, in fact, who was charged with the worst crimes, he's black. So why does he hate black so much? See, it's not about race, is it now? So why was Al Sharpton really there in Baltimore? Listen we carefully. We Justice Department to step in and take over policing in this country. In the 20th uh -huh. century, they had to fight states' rights and to get the right to vote. We got to fight states' rights in terms of closing down police cases. Police must be held accountable. I don't think all police are bad. I don't even think most are bad. 
but those that are need to be held accountable. Okay, did you get this? We need to fight states' rights, and we need the DOJ, the Justice Department, to take over policing in America. Oh, wait a minute. The president couldn't be for... Wait a minute. Didn't the president say, we need a police force just as well-armed? Oh, my gosh. It's all happening now, isn't it? So it's not about race. It's about handing more power to the central government. Now, the DOJ taking over policing. Does that sound ridiculous? Maybe to the uninformed and those who aren't realizing we're watching a play, the only chance that it would ever gain traction is during a crisis. So Al Sharpton travels to Baltimore and cashes in on the crisis. It's phony. Now, there are people who are really out there protesting, but the grassroots portion are usually very, very small. Do you remember the chalkboard that we put up here? Because it's playing out right now. Radicals, Islamists, communists, socialists work together against Israel, work together against capitalism, work together to overthrow stability. This was the main theme in uh, Seattle this weekend, in Baltimore, uh, in Dallas, in Oakland, California, all over the country. These things were happening. They cascade, sweep the Middle East, begin to destabilize Europe and the rest of the world. So that is what's happening right now. Now let me tell you what happened this weekend in Dallas. Two protests decided to converge and protest alongside one another. You want to flip that for me? Um, One protesting police brutality and the other calling for immigration reform. Well, now what do those two things have in common? One's immigration reform and one's police brutality. Well, who organized them? Well, the first one was organized by Mothers Against Police Brutality. That sounds good. I like moms. It's Mother's Day this week. And the other is Texas Organizing Project. I like organization, and I like Texas. Let's look at these guys. Mothers Against Police Brutality. Who are they? Partners. First with code pink. Uh Uh-oh. Sounds familiar again. Oh, and move on dot org. Usual suspects. Both well-known Soros organizations, and they're supported by Cornell West, who, of course, has spoken at their events and is connected to the nation of Islam. Pretty good, huh? Yeah. So Mothers Against Police Brutality, Code Pink, MoveOn.org, and Nations of Islam. I just want to show you what they said to Nations of Islam. Mothers Against Police Brutality would like to express our sincere thanks to the Nation of Islam for their awesome security at our Dallas to Baltimore protest in March yesterday. Do you remember about three weeks ago we told you that the Nation of Islam would provide security? They would be the muscle behind everything that is spontaneous, that is starting to pop up. Here you have evidence of it. Now, the Texas Organizing Project has received um, about $20,000 from the Tides Foundation. (laughs) This is, we're going all old school, and it's just like three years ago all over again. And a grant from Open Society, say it with me, that is 
George Soros. George Soros. Uh, George Soros. Now, the reason why George Soros gave them this money is because they, uh, it's a grant to support statewide organizing, promoting social and economic equality for low to moderate income Texans through community organizing and other civic engagement. The Texas Organizing Project has interesting roots. We know them uh, not as the Texas Organizing uh, 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 Project at all. We know them before they changed their name as... Acorn. Do you remember the show we did when we said, you got to stop them, otherwise they're just going to change their name. You got to get to the root, because all they'll do is change the name. And then I remember looking at the television and say, if I'm wrong, call me. Texas Organizing Project, (laughs) formerly known as Acorn. Why? Well, they got caught on tape and somebody exposed them, offering up advice on how to skip taxes and hide prostitution rings. Remember that episode? I know they do. So you have organizing done by ACORN, sending people into the streets, all financed by George Soros and the Tides Foundation, and the muscle is being provided by the Nation of Islam. You know what made me think of this? Mothers Against Police Brutality. I remember when we first did the uh, episode on the Tides Foundation, I remember seeing Mothers Against all kinds of stuff. And I remember thinking, that's really smart. They just open these things up. Who's going to argue about moms against anything? Especially on the week before Mother's Day. This isn't anything grassroots. This is the same tired script. All the world is but a stage. And all the men and women merely players. And they have their exits and their entrances. And one man plays many parts. The Weather Underground. Remember the episode we did on the Weather Underground? This is their manifesto. And what did they say in their manifesto? Well, first, the goal of a revolutionary struggle must be the control and the use of this wealth in the interest of the oppressed peoples in the world. So that's their goal, to control the wealth of this empire and to uh, redistribute it. The goal is destruction of the U.S. imperialism and the achievement of a classless world, world communism. All right. And the third part is when the bourgeois' interest is for fighting imperialism on a particular issue, but not for overthrowing it and replacing it with socialism, it is still contributing to revolution to that extent, not to some intermediate thing which is not imperialism and not socialism. Someone not for revolution is not for actually defeating imperialism either. But he still can and should unite with them on particular issues. What they're saying is, cobble together a whole bunch of people that are pissed off. Even if their goal is not revolution, doesn't matter. They'll contribute to that revolution. So do all the moms against police brutality, do they have the same goals as the people behind ACORN or Code Pink or the Nation of Islam? No. It goes back to the first chalkboard. The communists, the, the Islamists, the anarchists will gather together. 
They never have the same goals. It doesn't matter. There are enough people that have a goal to unite, which will defeat the U.S. imperialism. And what unites them? Their oppression. The game plan here from the Weather Underground was to literally go around and make sure people understand they're oppressed and then cobble them together into groups. If together they can take you one step closer to the progressive utopia or global communism, great. And this is what is actually happening on the streets every time one of these protests light up, whether it's Occupy Ferguson or Baltimore. Some want a communist, classless society. Some want their class. That's why Al Sharpton is working for the president. He is setting these fires all across the country. And he said it there in his own words. Because it's time the DOJ takes over our community police departments. We will have that national police force that is just as well-funded, just as well-equipped, just as well armed as the U.S. military. Those are the words of Barack Obama. They've never explained it until Al Sharpton said this. This is what community organizers are doing. This is why the president met with Ferguson protesters and said, remember when they were burning down Ferguson, he said, stay the course. Who says that when they're burning down a city? Stay the course? And because most of the country gets their news from people like Jon Stewart, they're completely uninformed and oblivious to the fact that most of what they're seeing is orchestrated, planned, and at the very least, very well influenced. They are completely unaware that Dallas or Baltimore are not about the hashtag Black, black Lives Matter. Three of the six cops in Baltimore were black. Do their lives matter? Should they receive a fair trial? Or do only some black lives matter? George Zimmerman was described as a white Hispanic by the New York Times. I've never heard of a white Hispanic. In case you're keeping score, we think it's impossible. But white furthers the storyline. Hispanic is an oppressed people. And that's all this is, a story. Are you looking to save 50, 60, even 70% on your phone bill? Well, here's a tip. Broadvoice.com. Hi, it's Brad Staggs of Blaze TV here. Broadvoice offers high-quality phone service for only $8.95 a month. You may ask, how can I save so much money? What's the catch? Well, the secret is the technology. Broadvoice uses VoIP technology that takes analog audio signals from your phone, turns them into digital data, and then transfers them over the Internet. This means crystal clear sound and cheaper phone bills. Broadvoice has been ranked in the Deloitte Technology Fast 500 and Inc. 500 as one of the fastest growing private companies in America. Get Broadvoice right now for only $8.95 a month. Keep your existing phone number for free and Broadvoice will send you their easy plug-in adapter free. All this and you get unlimited local calling for just $8.95 a month. Plus, for a limited time, Broadvoice will even give you your first month free. Do what we did here at Blaze Radio. Make the switch today at broadvoice.com or call 888-332-8036. 
888727 deck. It was an awesome case uh, that Glenn laid out um, on last night's show. Was that the night before? Was it last night or the night before? Last night. Uh, really good. I, I didn't know that Texas organizing, um, Texas organizing something or other, it's top for short, that used to be Acorn. And uh, a project, Texas organizing project. Uh, and so, just as he said, Acorn was just going to go underground by changing their name, which is exactly what they did. And all of these, all of these organizations that are going to get this moms, mothers against uh, police brutality map, is another George Soros funded group. All, all of these things you can trace back to George Soros and the Tides Foundation. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Uh, and they, <clears throat> so they are really taking the opportunity right now to stir things up. And they're certainly stirring things up over this uh, Texas free speech thing. And Chris Cuomo was talking about it uh, yesterday on his show. And uh, he, he's getting into some trouble even with the left, right? Salon yeah. wrote an interesting article about this. Yeah. Uh, so he, he tweeted, um, uh, talking about this hate speech thing, hate speech is excluded from protection of meaning, the First Amendment. Meaning that the Texas group's effort to uh, exercise their free speech that's not covered by the Constitution because it's hateful. Right. So they were doing these Mohammed cartoons. Hate speech is excluded from protection. Don't just say you love the Constitution. Read it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, people did. So yeah. First, yeah. Uh, so and this is Salon, um, which is this. This is what I'm reading currently, is unquestionably the greatest article ever put on the Salon website. Now you might say that's a low bar to clear, and I would mm. say that's true. But that's how good this one is. Like you could just sit here and say. Without even looking at any other article they've ever written, you know this one's the best one. Uh, first of all, Glenn Greenwald, who we've had on the show, immediately says, such a painfully dumb tweet. <laughs> now, this, these are not conservatives. More, uh, uh, you are a disgrace to Fordham Law School, which only admitted you because of your famous father. That's great. Uh, Andrew Kaczynski from BuzzFeed. Hey, Chris Cuomo, longtime listener, first-time caller. Looking for this in this constitution you speak of. Got a link? <laughs> <laughs> Looking for that hate speech exception? Yeah. I couldn't find it. Uh, uh, Ed Morrissey uh, writes, mm. I did read the First Amendment, and I still can't find the hate speech exception to free speech. Can you point <laughs> it out for us? That's so good. Uh, more and more and more oh, and more. Uh, and everyone, I mean, agreeing uh, how just bad it is. Trash. So he, he, tried, awesome. uh, he tried to go to this um, defense of this uh, case from 1942. Fighting words. Fi the fighting words case uh, and the fighting words doctrine. Um, and so he kept saying it over and over again as if this was a winning uh, argument, <laughs> um, which it is not at all. No. However, uh, he got so douchey at one point to someone. I had to bring this one up for you. Show the lawyer tweet. This is amazing. Imagine being a person who could type this. Uh, I'm referring to, war to the Fighting Words case. Chaplinsky, I am a lawyer. I practiced. Tell me I'm wrong again. <laughs> oh, like that like, is. I dare you to tell me I'm wrong again. Yeah, like in other words, you're so stupid and yeah. I'm so I'm smart. A lawyer. I'm a lawyer. I practice. I'm awesome. You're not. Jeez, I mean, this man. is the That's ultimate amazing. height of douchery. This tweet guarantees to me, and you tell me if I'm wrong, Pat, guarantees a vote today oh, yes, to see if Chris Cuomo yes. gets into the douche hall of fame. Even if this was the only thing he'd ever done wrong, <laughs> it's enough. It's enough. I've never seen anything like that. It's, uh, it's, it's essentially, it's, don't you know who I am? That's, that's all is. he's saying.
Don't yes. you know who I am? I'm famous. I'm a lawyer. Mm -hmm. I'm wealthy. I have a I'm famous daddy. You. Yeah, I'm, I'm better than you. You, you, uh, you, you simpletons can't challenge me on anything. Go ahead, try, tell me I'm wrong again. Uh, so we, it's amazing we didn't put him in the Douche Hall of Fame before, or at least have the vote uh, to induct him into the Douche Hall of Fame. Yeah. And by the way, Chris, uh, the lines are still open for you. Let me give you the number. 888, that's 888-727-BECK. Okay, one, triple eight, dial one first. If you're calling from your cell phone, you don't need that. If you're calling from a landline, you probably need to put the one in there. One, triple eight, seven, two, seven, Beck. Translate in, uh, in numbers to... That's two, three, two, five. Okay, one, eight, 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 seven, two, seven, two, three, two, five. And if you remember, the reason put why... Put you directly on the air. Chris, now, normally no we would never on. invite Chris Cuomo on the air because he's terrible, but yeah. he specifically called, he us, called out us out for criticizing him when he wasn't here. So we assume, and still mm -hmm. to this day assume, he wants to come on the show to defend himself mm -hmm. from his ridiculously uh, horrible opinions uh, as he flails around on social networks <laughs> and gets embarrassed in front of the whole world, left and right. This is not a partisan issue. This is a giant failure for Chris Cuomo. Yet again, another one. Really embarrassing. How after um, this do you have an ounce of credibility? Oh, I don't know. How do you go on the air the next day? Because it's not like it's not like um, you made them. Everybody, people make mistakes all the time. That's that's fine. Yeah. But to sit here and be so douchey about it, then to, in your defense, cite a case that does not support your position at all, and then say you have to trust me because I am a lawyer. How dare you question me? What a douche! This is a uh, 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 Julian Sanchez uh, responds uh, here because here this is what Salon writes. The word Chaplinsky refers to Chaplinsky versus New Hampshire, in which the Supreme Court decided that some speech, like fighting words or other statements that that incite violence aren't protected by the First Amendment. Unfortunately for Cuomo, the case, this is Julian Sanchez writing, um, the case Chris Cuomo keeps citing, A, has been subsequently so gutted it's basically a dead letter, and B, is not about hate speech. So his whole point was hate speech is protected. Here's my evidence. That case that is his evidence isn't about hate speech. <laughs> I mean, this man... It's like, you've got to feel like it's at some oh, point, because it's, it's one thing to make a mistake. Everybody does it. I mean, we have Jeffy on there. Right. We know people right. make mistakes all the time. People say utensils still when you ask them We're questions about other things. We can't figure out how. Right. Our, uh, our lawyers, lawyers are working on it 24 hours a day, yeah, seven days a week. We've, we've hired six law firms that. to try to get them fired. Right. Um, but the point is, when you are that sure of yourself, that wrong, mm -hmm. and that douchey to your own audience... You wonder why you'd even want this guy on the air. I know he's got a name that people recognize in New York. I understand that, and that's a wonderful feature. But outside of that, what is he bringing to you, CNN? Seriously. I mean, it's, it's pretty embarrassing. Uh, and, you know, there's more and more and more and more and more and more and more. When your own people, when, when leftists are mocking you, mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty bad. It's, uh, I mean, you have really screwed up. And then he just keeps digging himself into a deeper and deeper and deeper hole. Yeah. Triple eight seven two seven back, and, and you can go to the you, you go. Where do they go to uh, to vote, Jeffy? Give us the the site where they can go and vote. go to theblaze.com slash the feed. We're not going. I mean, we're gonna. Are we voting right now? No, no, no we're. Okay, I just, yeah, yeah, just, just want okay, yeah, to be ready to vote. Go to theblaze.com slash the feed. And then we should know this uh, too, Chris Cuomo. If you're uh, watching, which we know you do, go to uh, go to theblaze.com slash the feed, so you can get at least one vote saying you shouldn't be in the douche hall of fame. At least you can guarantee one person will say you're not a big enough douche to get into the douche hall of fame. Okay. Uh, all right. So g uh, get on the website.
Be prepared to vote. We'll do it. Coming up next on Pat and Stu. Chris Cuomo. Is he douche Hall of Fame worthy? I don't know. Of course, as always, we know he's a douche. But is he worthy to be in the Hall of Fame of douchery? It's hallowed ground. And it really is. It really will find out. Coming up. Triple eight seven two seven. Back it's Pat and Stu. We're holding in our hands uh, the plaques of the Douche Hall of Fame. The actual originals themselves. Look at, look at the shine. Look oh. at the shine on this. Look at that. You know, uh, it, it's interesting because the very first Douche Hall of Fame member goes all the way back to Alan Grayson. What date? Who was inducted uh, March twenty fifth of two thousand ten. Holy over crap. five years ago. Yeah. Oh, we've been doing this bit for five years? Yeah, a little over. I'm not sick of it at all. I'm not even. No How way. is that possible? Not, well, because we do it properly. We do it yes. properly. We don't just willy-nilly jump into this. Yeah, you might say, hey, okay. I've, I've watched the radio show for years and years and years. You guys never stick with anything. Uh, there's one difference in this uh -huh. show and huh. the radio show. What is that? Let's see, the radio show. What yeah. would it be? Could you think of... Mm. Hmm. Huh. When it comes show. to a, maybe a little attention deficit... Right. Uh, what would you say the difference is? Uh, I can't. Yeah, give me Maybe it's the desk. It. Is it the desk? It might be the desk. It might be the desk. It might be. Mm -hmm. So you got Alan Grayson. Then Michael Bloomberg is kind of a surprise number two. Right? He deserves it. Fully. He deserves yes. it. Joe Scarborough was number three. Oh, oh, followed by Charles Schumer, Anthony Weiner, Al Gore, mm. Maxine Waters, Warren Fat Piece of Crap <laughs> Buffett, mm -hmm. <laughs> Chris Matthews, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, John Roberts, uh, who is an emergency inductee? Yeah, mm -hmm. after the uh, Obamacare uh, and, decision, and then Harry Reid. And then what's uh, the what was the last 12. date of Harry Reid? Uh, Harry Reid uh, was inducted August third of two thousand twelve. Okay, and then we move into we didn't have any inductees until the beginning of two thousand thirteen when Piers Morgan okay. was inducted. Then Jesse Ventura, Lindsey Graham, Michael Moore, mm -hmm. uh, which says Michael Moore, fat douche. Not just douche. Because they all say, like, Lindsey Graham, douche. Mm -hmm. This says Michael Moore, fat douche. Jay Carney, douche. Right. Ed Schultz, Al Sharpton, Nancy Pelosi, Thad Cochran, an emergency induction on uh, June 26th of 2014. Eric Holder, Bill Nye the Science Guy-ish. Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, sorry, Bill, science Bill ish guy. Yes, Bill Nye the Science-ish <clears throat> guy, douche. Uh, and last one, Peter King. And you see his uh, face uh, still. Well, you can kind of see Bill Nye behind him, but... Really classily done. I though. think it's done well. Yeah, really. And the last, done. the last vote that we actually had though was to uh, elect Harry Reid the Grand Nozzle. Yes, and so that and is and that was successfully that, done. That as was well. successfully he done. Is the Grand Nozzle uh, just a douche hall of fame? Yeah, four. Yeah, just not month ago. Mm -hmm. So let's explain the rules of the douche hall of fame induction for those who have never voted before. You should go to theblaze.com mm -hmm. the slash the feed, and you're only going to have about a minute to vote. So you need to go there right now. Okay. Go there, I'm going to post it, and it'll be yes or no. Should mm -hmm. Chris Cuomo be inducted into the Douche Hall of Fame? Okay, one more time. How do they get there? Theblaze.com slash the feed. All, right. All right, and voting begins <clears throat> in two seconds. One, begin. Okay. All right, so, so the we... way this works, uh, if you <clears throat> believe that Chris Cuomo belongs among the Hall of Fame douches, can I please put that quote, uh, the, yes. the, the, the tweet, the lawyer tweet up there one more time so people and again, don't really I understand? Think that I, I don't want to taint the vote, but this... This almost all by itself yeah. this screams douche Hall of Fame-ism. Mm -hmm. I am referring to the fighting words case. Chaplinsky, I am a lawyer. I practice. Tell me I'm wrong again. 
How dare you tell me I'm wrong? Go ahead, try oh, it. Tell man. me I'm wrong again. By the way, he is wrong on both it. cases. Uh, hate speech is, of course, concert, uh, uh, covered by the First Amendment, as yeah. literally everyone on earth knows. And secondly, the Chaplinsky case would not apply to this at all because you'd need face-to-face contact. You'd need uh, face, uh, you know, uh, fighting words. It's a totally mm-hmm. separate, separate doctrine. And that doctrine has been gutted, as we've talked about on the last break so, um, since then. So it wouldn't even apply anyway. Once right, we vote seconds. someone the grand nozzle, Two. it takes 75% of mm-hmm. the vote to get in. All right. right? We're, we're That's all done. not the douche Hall of Fame the vote. The douche Voting is over. 95% you need to get voting is the over. Hall of Fame. So this is a huge, this is the most exclusive Hall of Fame there is. The mm-hmm. Baseball Hall of Fame is 75%? Something like that. Something yeah. like that. They're yeah. all around that general. So we're we're wow. pretty we're pretty proud of this. We're pretty proud really of proud. the uh, <laughs> of the high standard that we've set to become a member of the Douche Hall of Fame. We wow. go to Jeffy, uh, who's kind of a curator of the Douche <laughs> Hall of Fame votes. Uh, Chris Cuomo, Douche Hall of Fame. Does he get it? I got to tell you, watching this come in and out throughout uh-huh. the entire voting time, I didn't think he was going to make it. Really? It was like really uh, ninety. Then it was 94 for a long time. Close to the wow. end, it was 94, I thought. Not going to do it. Not, Not going to make enough. it. Wow. But uh-huh. Chris pulled it out. Yes! Yes! Chris Congratulations. Congratulations, Chris. 96%. 96%. Okay, here's what I think we should do. Is we should send him a... Chris Cuomo deserves a special douche Hall of Fame plaque. That just says, has Chris Cuomo douche Hall of Fame, congratulations, induction. And then over at here, I just want a picture of that tweet. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously, uh, we must actually and, and make, it nice. it yeah. make it send nice it and him. send it to him so he knows specifically. And then our phone number underneath. Hey, Chris, still waiting for you to we're call. Still waiting for your call. We don't want to do this without you. <laughs> call oh, us. Oh, he's on the line now. Let's go to All the phone right, and, uh, uh, and see if Chris Cuomo is there. Yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, darn it. Can we get not, not there yet. Nothing's there. wrong with the phones. Again. It's possible. <laughs> it's possible. So he was. I'm surprised. I wonder what the. Do we have any uh, feedback from the people who are on the feed as to why he would be a borderline case? Is it the irrelevancy clause? <laughs> yeah, that was it. Actually, people was it? Were, yeah, people were like, I don't know if he's worthy. And then the, the last he pulled second, it out. yeah, last he pulled it second, out. they decided, no, that, yeah, I'm gonna do it. Wow. So 95 percent he got in with. 96. 96 was the okay. final. So it was he, not the lowest possible. No, but he, he edged in. He Some edged other 96 in. percenters from history. Bill Nye, the science-ish guy, got in at 96 percent. Uh, also... Uh, Warren Fat Piece of Crap Buffett, mm-hmm. 96 percent. there are some, like, uh, Michael Bloomberg was 96 percent. Yeah. But I think at that time... Mm-hmm. Uh, oh if we God. were to vote now... He might he, get 100. Yeah, he, he might get he 100. might be the first 100. I mean, no. I don't think that's. There's nothing in the in the bylaws that would allow a second vote. For no, like no, no, no. I'm not saying. I'm just saying it's he possible. might get a hundred though. At that time, he was just like coming off of being a Republican. He was still like kind of seen as an independent, but still kind of leaning we've, Republican. We've grown to hate him in the last five years. Oh I my mean, god, that was, we were that way was ahead of our time. Seven, yeah, way ahead of our time. Wow. But we knew that was before you, the. You, you can't fool us. Was that at the soda case time? It might have been. Might have been. That might have been might the only thing we really were talking. As you know, I like soda a lot. So. But that's it might have been that. Well, well we were in New York then. I mean, yeah, we were. It, it affected right. us. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So there you go. So Chris this Cuomo, is really cool. And here's another thing that's interesting about this particular plaque. This is the original plaque. Now, uh, the original plaque has Debbie Wasserman Schultz being inducted before John Roberts, and that is actually not the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is like 
like owning uh, the Liberty Bell with a crack in it. Yeah, you there know? are some cracks. Special because there's a crack in it. And also, these they, should be inverted. What's the other one? The other mistake is uh, the, the I uh, the slightly askew Maxine Waters. Can we get a close up of that Maxine? It's very just, difficult to. It, you look at that, and it just drives you crazy. It does. Yeah, because... Oh, it drives me crazy. <laughs> yeah, that does. So if you're... If you're uh, We're all a little anal about that, and... and if your uh, Douche Hall of Fame looks like this particular Douche Hall of Fame, it's a certified replica. Right. Otherwise, it's just a Right. Replica. The certified replica, because this is so precious and special and different and, and unique, that's why uh, the certified replica is now selling from the Patent Stew store. For just three easy payments of nineteen ninety five. The certified replicas, of course. Certified replicas. Nineteen ninety five. Ninety five ninety nine. Three easy payments. So it's not twenty dollars. No, it's nineteen ninety five. Ninety five ninety nine. Three, uh, three easy payments. Three 19, easy payments of just nineteen ninety five. Ninety five. So it's hundred and ninety. Shipping and handling, of course, 000? is a little bit extra. So it's one hundred and ninety nine thousand dollars. <laughs> you can get it no. for three easy payments of just under. Oh, so it's actually hundred thousand. So it's almost six hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> right. But you get this certified, it's a certified replica. Yeah. Hello. I, with the patent Stu signature Does it signature come with the, uh, the corner being all damaged and the bottom being damaged if as well? It's Stu, it's yes, a certified replica. certified and, and, and legitimate and authentic. Of course you want no, the... No, that's not going to... You know, of course this, you want the, uh, the flaws here yeah. and here. For 600 grand, you're not going to get it here. signed, I will say that. Uh, that's extra. No, right. That pushes it over oh, you're, 750. That, that's got to be four or five easy payments. That can't just yeah. be three. But, what? I mean, they're easy payments. I think we should, uh, here's another thing I think we should do with the Douche Hall of Fame, <laughs> is acquire signatures of all these people. If you meet any of these people, get mm -hmm. their signature and then send it to us, and we will put oh, it on the fantastic. Douche Hall of Fame plaque. Mm -hmm. We should make a whole, like, because they won't know what they're signing it for, of course. Mm -hmm. But I think it deserves to be, we need real, not, not our fake signatures of their signature. We need right. real signatures of these people. That I wonder about eBay, because you could probably get a Chris Cuomo signature on eBay for like negative 30 cents. Oh, they'll pay you for them, yeah. <laughs> they'll actually you please take this Chris, out of my He'll house. send you one just to have a picture of him. He'll sign. send you one with a that. $5 bill attached. Yes. yes. <laughs> Thank you for wanting my signature. You can probably, I am a lawyer, you know. I bet you most of these people, you send something <laughs> to their little promo department, you could get their picture signed. Uh, this is a good problem. Do you think, Jeffy, as the curator? No, I can't do that. As the curator. That's too much work. As Still. the curator of the Douche Hall of Fame voting, Still, I, I think this is a great job for you. Because <laughs> you're, 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 you yourself are douchey enough to relate to these people directly. I love a lot of these people. Are you kidding me? Oh, my gosh. So I think you, you should be the one doing this. And we should, we should really happy to. document this, the process. I'm happy to. Because yeah, this will be a fun behind the scenes afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. That'd be great. Can Let's we get them? Do you think, like, how do we get it to be, uh, can we, like, tell them, my nickname is Dehoff, and then hopefully they'll write two D H O F, which is Douche Hall of Fame. <laughs> be so great. Like, say your name is Doug Hoffman. That'd be Everyone so calls great. me Dehoff. Dehoff. Mm -hmm. It's worth a try. I think it's worth a try. I've come up with a way that I'm not going to say on the air mm -hmm. uh, ah, how to send okay. these off. We, we may actually get them. Let's do right, it. I Let's try this. it at least. Yeah. We got to try to get everybody. Right. It's going to be interesting. Congratulations, Chris Cuomo. Uh, tweet him. Let him know. He is now a proud member of the Douche Hall of Fame. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. More Pat and Stu coming up. Did you know he's a, um, a lawyer? He practiced. What? He practiced law. Oh well, then you can't challenge him. No, of course not. not in a tweet, especially when he's completely wrong. Wow! Don't even try. Not in a tweet. Don't even try. No, not like that. Is
Triple Eight Seventy Seven Pat. Pat Stoops. Oh I, my gosh, they're just so it, fantastic. I didn't know that there was a uh, a douche Hall of Fame website that somebody put together. This is really cool. Do we know who put this together? Um, I, it was sent to me by uh, one of our feeders, uh, Mike, in Frisco, okay. Texas. Nice. I don't know that that's his or not. He hasn't uh, responded to my uh, inquiry, mm -hmm. but it is a douchehalloffame.info. <laughs> douchehalloffame.info, douche and it shows you the plaques. It's fantastic. It lays out the, the who's in the douche hall of fame, and it's nicely updated already. It gives you the grand nozzle to in, information to include uh, uh, Chris Cuomo. And it has grand nozzle information. It has, it has videos, videos, the above page. The above page. So it great. came as a part of the fourth hour and continued with Pat and Stu, the Douche Hall of Fame, or in the feed <laughs> shorthand, DHOF. Wow. <laughs> this is That's awesome. fantastic. Look at that. I mean, it really That's has. a better job than anybody you here could have done, probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, uh, but look at that. Well, that's because that's because that's not a certified replica. It's not right. a certified, it's not certified replica. He didn't okay. pay the, the extra three easy payments yeah. of just nineteen ninety five, ninety five, ninety nine. Well, it's just a replica. Uh, but still, that's awesome. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. We and, uh, we've attempted to make a douche hall of fame website approximately fifty times <laughs> since we started the show, and it, no one. Everyone's like, oh yeah, we're gonna. Get right on the Douche Hall of Fame website for you guys. I swear we own the, the URL, though. I could be wrong on that. If mm. not, some fan's about to buy it. But I think I could have, I guess if we're going to info, douchehalloffame.info, they probably couldn't get the .com. I think right. I could have sworn we got that at one point, but I could be wrong. Anyway, awesome. uh, douchehalloffame.info. That's really cool. If we Whoever do have douchehalloffame.com, we're just going to freaking redirect it at this point. Uh, yeah. Because we're obviously never going to get this site done. Yeah, I mean, and that's perfectly happen. fine. That's all we wanted is what just more congest. I was asking for just a picture of the plaque, yeah, it's just a photo. <laughs> we could never great. get it done. <laughs> so let's redirect to uh, .com there. Yeah, I mean that's awesome. Uh, all right, Quinnipiac poll. Uh, Quinnipiac is a college in uh, Connecticut, just a teeny little college um, in Quinnipiac, uh, uh, Connecticut, named after Hamden, the right? Quinnipiac River. Yeah. Um, yeah, in Hamden, Connecticut. It's the station that, if, if you way long-time fans will know, uh, both Pat and I worked with Glenn at a station called KC101. Right. Um, in the same building as WELI, one of our current uh, radio affiliates. Uh, but it's right down the street from there. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's like this little town. You know, you'd never think. It's nobody like, had ever heard of it. New, nobody knew how to say Quinnipiac yeah. in the beginning mm -hmm. because nobody had ever heard of it. They didn't, what is this? So, but it's become pretty prominent over the years. And they just did this new poll uh, for uh, the, all the candidates in Iowa. Uh, and they have Scott Walker out in front of the pack with 21% support. A uh, nine-point advantage over his closest opponents. It's down from 25 and a 12-point lead in February, but he's still you know, up there. Rubio is pulling just 4% in Iowa in February. He's up to 13% now. Ted Cruz is up from 5% to 12 which is great. Mm -hmm. uh, Rand Paul is tied with Rubio at 13%. Huckabee just announced, and uh, he's at 11%. Ben Carson, uh, about 7%. That's down a little bit from 11 Jeb Bush, 5%. I don't like him in Iowa. Good for you, Iowans. The front runner? Nicely, nice, yeah, the front runner, 5% of the world.
727 back. It's Pat and Stu. Hi there. Uh, apparently on Letterman last night. Uh, Still on? Yeah, he is hmm. until the 20th. Luckily, he uh, you know he didn't take his time leaving uh, because it's only been 14 years since I think he. I know they're going yeah. all out yes. too for his dingle butt. Oh, of course yeah. they are. Of course his dingle butt. Oh my gosh, his dingle butt. Big gas, and they have the big special mm. hour and a half special of the great career of David Letterman at CBS. It's agonizing. Just go. David. Are they doing a prime time? Just thing? go. Is it? Yeah, well, I mean, seriously. He deserves it. He deserves it. He has made a ton of money for yes, that he network. Yes, he has. A ton. In fact, you could almost make a case that David Letterman saved CBS. That's how much he money he's there, made yeah, for them. Yeah, but at the time when he went there, yeah. he certainly saved their butt. Yeah, and for a while, I read this really interesting um, article about him the other day where he was really honest with the, with the guy who was interviewing him. And he was talking about how... Uh, uh, he's lost something. And, yeah, it, you know what he lost? He lost his sense of humor. Yeah. Because he became an angry, angry progressive somewhere along the way. And I, I, I can't put my finger on when exactly that happened. But he admits he went off the rails for, for, a, for a long oh, time. Really? And, yeah, and the interviewer said, well, when did you get back on track? And he said, you know, I don't think I ever did. I don't think we ever got that formula back. Wow. He was right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, isn't that amazing? So he understands it. I found it to be an amazing observation by him because it was so real and introspective. I mean, he's always kind of been that real guy. Yeah. That's what made him good. What you get with, with Letterman is who he is. And if you don't like that, and I don't anymore, you, know, you just don't watch because you can't handle it because right. that's who he is. And he is a, a, a raving lunatic leftist. Did now. they say? And, did, and they, they didn't put it in that context. They did not put it in that context. What did they say? He just he wasn't just said funny. he lost his direction. He went off the rails. Something to that effect. Uh, I got to find the article because it was be fascinating. I'd be interesting. It's a fascinating read. If they went into depth of why he feels he, they, went off they, the he rails. didn't, and I, I, that would have been a great question um, because he talked about. He said at first. You know, we were top dog for a while. He said uh, we, we were beating Jay Leno. Yeah. When mm-hmm. Jay, he said when Jay went across and, and got the Tonight Show, uh, we were number one. And then uh, something happened. We lost our Hugh way. Gra- Hugh Grant was yeah, the Hugh thing. Grant was put was, Jay on top. Yeah, because he, he got the because Hugh Grant went and had the hooker situation. That's right. right. And Jay yeah. got and it. Jay got the interview. And since after that, Didn't look Jay back. won. Yeah, uh, yeah. Pretty and much. He, and he says. We, we, we somehow uh, didn't work as hard or something I think he blamed it on. And then they, did, they tried to again, and they just couldn't get it back, and they never got it back. And he also said what, um, you know, it was time to go because uh, all of this Internet stuff with Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel came and went without him. Because the guy asked him, did you make a concerted, did you make a, a conscious decision not to do any of that, not to get involved in the... The mistake on his part, too. Huge. Huge. Uh, because he didn't join us in today. And he's like, no, they just kind of came and went without me. And now it's too late. He sa- and he said, what Jimmy Kimmel and uh, Jimmy Fallon are doing, I can't do. I was, wow, really? Uh, I mean, uh, and, he, he's right. Uh, yeah, but it was an amazing, amazingly honest assessment of who he is really and, and what he's good. capable of. And who they are and what they're doing, he just realizes they're young, they're hip, and he's not anymore. He's not young or hip. And so 
And that uh, would have been okay if he was still funny. Yeah, it would. Because, you know, if he, if he lost the anger, if he lost that edge of I'm super liberal right now and I'm just bashing people because I hate their guts, you know, and it became, you can even tolerate it from somebody who's, who you know is just doing it with a, with a nice attitude, yeah, with a sense angry. of humor. Yeah, but he, well, I mean, he Carson was a zillion years old and still beating everybody. True. I mean, right, because yeah. he, he, he wasn't angry. Yeah, Jay mm -hmm. was number one when he retired. And, yeah, right. And I, you know, it's kind of what it, what it is what it is on that one. I mean, I think he, he, it's just Leno is just uh, an angry guy. Letterman is. Letterman has just become an angry guy, and he's just not right. happy doing the show. And when you're not happy doing a show, I think, it, you know, you can tell as a viewer. You might not be able to, uh, you know, quantify that exactly, but you can just tell. It's like, you know, we come in here every day and try to do a show. We have to do it with Jeffy. I think people can tell we're not happy. <laughs> I thought I'd feel the softball already going to that. I, was I wasn't going to go there initially. Was, yeah, right. No, my point, it was not a setup to go to that point. Because sometimes I say things specifically to get to a Jeffy Slam. Mm -hmm. That one I started out as a real point and then realized there was a Jeffy Slam there, so I just took the low-hanging fruit. I apologize. <laughs> he also mentioned how, you know, Jay just settled into this thing and was really comfortable and people just became comfortable watching him and really liked it and how good Jay was at doing that. I mean, amazing article. I, I, I was fascinated by it, and it made me like him a little bit better. Um, well, it does take you back to when you... When you it does take you back when you did like him. Yeah, it does. You know did. what I mean? Because that's, what, that's, what, that's the kind of guy he was. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, he was 34 when this started. He's 68 years old now. 68. Wow. 34 when that show debuted uh, on NBC back in 81. So it, it's been a really long run. He had a longer okay. run than even Carson. Yeah. Uh, which is phenomenal hmm. when you think about it. Uh, I think the longest running nighttime host of all time, right? And he really changed He changed the landscape of nighttime television. There's no, no doubt about that. But uh, and, he, and back to what started all this is that he pretty much saved. I mean, he made so much money for CBS and that show that, I mean, he... Save them. Right. Yes. Yes. He was making something like uh, $250 million a year for the, for the network. <clears throat> I mean, that's a lot of money for a late night show. And he was, <clears> I think he was the key to getting uh, NFL back for CBS because they lost it. And he was pissed about that because he was, why would you want something that you uh -huh. can, you know, millions of people look at where you can promo your product? <laughs> Don't lose it. Right. <laughs> Who's the one that doesn't have it? So you have NBC has Sunday night, right? Uh, Fox has the NFC. Yeah. CBS has the AFC, right? I think so. And ESPN has Monday night. ESPN has Monday night. NFL has Thursday. Thursday night. And CBS has Thursday night. Mm -hmm. So ABC. <laughs> yeah, CBS. Yeah, the CBS out. lost their lost one of them, right? They, yeah, they used to have so the they used to have the NFC. Yeah. And then they lost between it to Fox, Fox and they got the AFC. Between back. Fox and NBC, they have the other, right? And then NBC also has the Sunday night thing. Is that right? NBC has Sunday night. I think it is. Yeah, right? NBC just has Sunday night. Yeah, I think NBC okay. just has Sunday. CBS has the AFC. So they have Fox AFC the and Thursday night? That's interesting. It's interesting. It's interesting. interesting. I, can't, I can't think about I can't say that word without thinking of the Alec Baldwin. Okay, that's interesting. We're really off track here. We did not get to this clip. <laughs> uh, but here's, here's the lettering clip from last night. Listen to this. Uh, on the program last night, we had the uh, President of the United States, mm -hmm. Barack Obama. Yes. Now, um... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Why we can't stand Politics him Politics notwithstanding, what mm -hmm. an impressive man. Oh, oh, I mean, my right. goodness, he walks out here mm -hmm. and you can feel 
the electricity in the room, yeah. and people in the audience jump to their feet, and it's very impressive. Smart, handsome, charismatic guy. Yes. Just tremendous. Why don't you marry him, then? Wow. It's <laughs> a good... Good line. Paul should have said that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, every, everything, everything I just said about David Letterman, forget it. Uh, uh, that's why he's dead last now, because of that pandering and that love for the left and for, for Marxist principles now and Marxist people. And here's the other thing. He doesn't know anything about it. Every time anybody from the right comes on, they kick his ass sideways on every single issue. And every single point, and he admits, I don't know anything about it, but, uh, and then he'll make some stupid point that Bill O'Reilly or whoever's on with him will just hammer him with. Okay, well, I don't know anything about it, but maybe you should learn something about it, Dave. You ever thought of that? I guess it's a little late now, but uh, uh, speaking of dummies, here's uh, Chris Cuomo to uh, uh, Representative Cummings. Uh, about uh, Democrats being responsible for the situation in Baltimore. The people there in that community, a lot of them are pointing fingers at Republicans and saying they don't want to help us, they don't want to help us. You know, Baltimore has been run by Democrats and recently African-American mm. Democrats for a really long time. It's not really about Republicans. <laughs> I mean, the Democrats, you've Thank had you. your people in there. Congressman uh -huh. Cummings, I mean, you, you know, you guys are as responsible for what has and hasn't been done as anybody else. Isn't that fair? Chris, come on, Chris. What? You know, it's not about personalities, it's about policy. And you know and I know that a lot of the policies coming down from Washington, coming down from the state actually too, uh, but coming from Washington uh, are not necessarily kind uh, to urban areas, particularly here lately. What? What? I mean, for once in his life, Chris Cuomo makes an irrefutable point. Democrats have run Baltimore for 50 freaking years. How in the hell are you blaming Republicans for everything? How? Mm. Wow, that could have been the difference between 96, 96 and 94%. Yeah, if we'd played that before the vote, he might not be in. That's controversial. He may not be in. That is controversial. Although, wow. I don't think it should overwhelm That's a good point, though. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean but, and we've made it a million times, but I'm surprised he made mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And he made it to, uh, to Cummings there, who is just a buffoon. How do, you, how do you not say, you know, yes, Democrats have to bear part of the blame. They've run the city for 50 years. But now Republicans are in office, so I want them to step up. How do you not at least say it that way? But no, he takes no responsibility for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How is that possible? And then says the laws coming down, especially lately, have been against. Uh, wait, who is in office now? Wait, what do you mean, especially lately? You mean the last six years? Yeah, with Barack Obama. Unbelievable. I, uh, it's it's a it's cold though. I mean, I that's amazing. But that still. is just. How do you have an ounce of credibility? You with well, anyone? you don't. If you're Elijah Cummings, you don't. You have no credibility. <sighs> I, that's really something else. Um, also, in an email, Ed Schultz mocked Chris Matthews foaming at the mouth, uh, which is kind of interesting. Uh, Long-running lawsuit against Ed Schultz from M NBC producer Michael Queen revealed emails from Schultz in which he's less than complimentary about uh, Chris Matthews. Um, in a May 2008 email uh, to producer Michael Queen, Schultz mocked Matthews, quote, do you think it's a good idea 
if I spit all over myself like Chris Matthews during the pilot? What the <laughs> F? Every time he gives a, a commentary, he's foaming at the mouth. Does the guy have some condition we don't know about? We've talked about that, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Ed. It's a good observation mm -hmm. from Ed yeah, Schultz. We might have to revisit his existence in the, uh, in, in the Hall of Fame. No. Oprah no. Winfrey was also one of Schultz's email victims. He says, uh, quote, I'm not interested in Oprah. She is not a serious player for a political show. She was uh, certainly hailed by the media as a serious player, though, when uh, she endorsed Obama for president. Um, Queen's lawsuit against Schultz goes to trial May, uh, May 11th. He's an NBC producer. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't even the know heck? what was going why, on. What is, why is he suing uh, Ed Schultz? It's interesting. Does he, I mean, is it a, is he, I mean. Because he's stupid? Probably just that. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, probably that. Um, <laughs> he's going to go somewhere else, but probably not a good idea. Okay, All so, right. uh, by the way, before we go to break, uh, Pat, we should notice, uh, as, uh, as we're talking, the Wells report has been released uh, about uh, Deflategate. All the people who called us up, the Patriots fans who called us up and said, you guys, you guys don't know what you're talking about. They didn't do anything wrong. Uh, the Wells Report, 243 pages long, says all 11 of the Patriots' balls were measured at halftime and the AFC title game came in under the uh, appropriate level. All of them. All 11. Uh, and from the Wells Report, quote, it is more probable than not that the Patriots' personnel participated in violations of the playing rule. So they don't know. No, they don't know, but it's, they, they think it's more probable than not. And well, all the evidence points that way, including all 11 balls. All of them. Not four, not one, as was reported. All 11. All of them. All of them. And, Jeffrey, your point is... Uh, spoons. <laughs> About as good as that. About <laughs> as good as the Wells report. Yeah. All right. Triple eight seven two seven back. More Pat and Stu coming up. Oh, good. I, I like that. I like that show. Yeah, it's pretty it's good. Great show. It's good. Is it Chris Cole? Is Chris Cole on that show? Uh, no. Oh, no, he's not. Oh, he's in the Dish Hall of Fame, though. Isn't he? In that yeah. show. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, that's what it is. Welcome, uh, Pat and Stu. Uh, apparently, ISIS now is threatening to kill Pam Geller. Uh, they appeared to declare war on uh, controversial blogger Pam Laguerre, who did the Texas free speech event uh, on Sunday. A and uh, they claimed <clears throat> that it, they have fighters across America ready to attack, quote, any target we desire. Threat was posted on a message board, singles out Geller, who helped uh, plan the cartoon thing. Uh, and they claimed responsibility for the attack on that. This is the textbook case of what we're most concerned about, according to uh, Mike McCall, chairman of the House uh, Homeland Security Committee. And the, the, their post says that 71 trained soldiers in 15 different states are ready at their word to attack. Specifically names Virginia, Maryland, Illinois, Michigan, and California. So if I were Pamela Geller, I'd, I'd probably be in a different state. Uh, the attack by the Islamic State in America is the, only the beginning of our efforts to establish authority or govern, governance in the heart of our enemy. Our aim was the Khanzir, which I guess means pig, Pam Geller, and to show her 
that we don't care what land she hides in or what sky shields her. We will send all our lions to achieve her slaughter. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm like threatening women. Yeah. Uh, it's wonderful. <clears throat> well, yeah. Thank you so much for that. Good, good, good people, these ISIS people. Well, they kill women. They kill children. They're equal opportunity killers, uh, murderers, thugs, and pigs themselves. So, uh, uh, but there, there you go. So if you're Pamela Geller, would you? I'd be for hiring some security right now. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, she probably already she has probably security, has it. but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm surprised too. I mean, like the the group she runs. I, I don't know much about her or the group she runs, but um, the group she runs must have some cash because I mean, they put up all these ads on New York subways and things like that, which was kind of like the story <laughs> you heard about her originally. They spent ten thousand dollars for a reward, uh, an award for a drawing contest. That's a mm -hmm. lot. I mean, that doesn't mm -hmm. sound like a lot of money if you're thinking of an, an organization, but like. That's, that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, then in, in addition to that, uh, they spent supposedly $50,000 just on security for that event. Yeah. Um, which is kind of amazing. I, I mean, they must get a lot of donations or something. I, I don't know much about Do you know? I don't know much about their group no. at all. Mm -mm. I mean, obviously, like, you know, they're into taking provocative stances about... Um, uh, and uh, provocative is not... I don't want to use provocative in the word of, like, they're provoking something. Um, but, like, they are taking controversial stances. They, they, they talk about things that a lot of people who don't like ISIS talk about, but they talk about it in ways that grab your attention. Um, mm. that's not, there's nothing wrong with that, per se, but it's something uh, they've, they've done for a while, and I guess have been able to really uh, build quite an organization out of it. I mean, if that's a, I mean you know, we, t we used this example before, like radio stations that bring in tens of millions of dollars of, of revenue don't give away $10,000 in their contests anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like it's not a uh, it's not something that's done that often. That's a it's a good win. Yeah, I remember one uh, nationally prominent uh, company that used to do, you know, because they owned stations in multiple markets, mm -hmm. and they would it would get all of the stations that were of one format, like let's say classic rock or whatever. All of the classic rock stations together would do a united mm -hmm. contest, mm -hmm. whereas it used to be that. When they do these things, every individual radio station would do their own contest and give away $50,000 or whatever. And they became so, I would call it cost conscious, this company, mm -hmm. that they would get all of their stations together and do one united uh, contest where they would give away $50,000. If I remember would, right, um, if we're talking about the same company, I uh -huh. don't know that we Yeah, are, we may, not, may or may not be. Um, they <laughs> actually had it down so well that it made it appear as though the local station was the only one That's doing what they were it. trying to do. However, I don't so... believe they pulled that perception off very well. And I think most people knew that it was a national contest. And they, and the they things, had very little chance of winning. And again, I don't know if we're talking about the same company, <laughs> yeah, but I they did know, it you know, right. uh, throughout all their formats. Mm -hmm. whether yes, it they was, did. I mean, it was each format. Did that is it, true. It didn't together. have to be like a classic rock. It could be classic rock and talk radio yeah. and country and, you know, and everybody did the, yeah. And you called one centrally located phone number. So that you could play the in. particular, hey, call now for your chance to yes. win 50,000. You'd uh -huh. have 150 stations running the same promo <laughs> right. at the same time. Right. I'm sorry they didn't give away the $50,000 in the way you guys were uh, proven. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. They, I am they sorry, too. That. Sorry know, too. Uh, that's sad. <laughs> I mean, back in the day. That was, know, it was, it was a smart on. move on their part. Back in radio's heyday, when, so. when Glenn and I first got together, we did what was called the birthday game. And we did this ascending uh, prize week after week after week 
where uh, the prize started on a third. And it was just for Baltimore. You know, it was just that station in Baltimore. And we gave away $5,000 to a listener. The next week it was 10000 The next week it was 25000 And the next week it went to 50000 Wow. So I, that's a pretty, and they did that, we did that twice a year. Probably uh, the the industry's changed quite a bit. I think we changed a lot. Definitely talk about that. Changed a lot. But, Did you ever have an opportunity to give away fifty thousand dollars? Yes. At one, I mean, somebody win it? Oh yeah. Plus, we gave away a house one time. Really? I think it was valued at about two fifty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, wow. That's yeah. That's, I mean, that's what you used that's to do price. in radio. It was like people always looking for the bigger promotion. Yeah. When mm -hmm. by the time I got into it, it was like. Call now and win a CD and qualify yourself for 58th row tickets to go see a show the week after the artist is there. Stop by and see us at Verizon. We may have a T-shirt left. And there may be a free hot dog in it for you, but maybe not. I started out in radio While promotions. While they last. That was my first gig was a radio promotions gig. Yeah. And we would go to these events, and it would be, you know, like car dealership or whatever. And, like, mm -hmm. I, as a kid, like, I remember what you're talking about, listening to the radio and yeah. hearing Huge these giant prizes. contests. And, like, Huge. wanting to go so bad to wherever they were. Uh -huh. Then I would just be out there just be like, it was me, like, window stickers, right? <laughs> you put the ones that, like, the, you know, you could, like, mm -hmm. peel off. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, a prize wheel. So, like, everyone that came up didn't get anything. No, they would just get a koozie. Right. The if they won, wheel. they win a koozie or, like, a CD <laughs> or something. But, like, if you're going to a radio promotion, like, in my head, you're winning, like, you're, you're, you're collecting a bunch of CDs. You're walking out with T-shirts and everything else. This was you had to win, like, the prize wheel game just to get the crappy prize. Just yeah. to qualify sometimes. Sometimes it was, hey, you're in the drawing for later yeah. on yeah. at the end of the remote. When we give away the T-shirt. Must be here to win. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Must be present to win. And then you'd be like, uh, the winner is Bill. Uh, Bill's not here. Oh, oh, Bill's not here. Uh, uh, Ted. Ted. Oh, Ted's not here. Okay, uh, Jamie. Oh, no, Jamie's uh, not promotion's here. Promotion's up. Uh, gotta go. I've gotta go. <laughs> and I love that. You said, uh, I was looking at you guys. You mentioned you might have a CD to give away. Mailbox <laughs> underneath the table. Mailbox. Yeah, it was always there the mailbox. Go. Why was it always the mailbox at every radio station? Why did they all have boxes? Because that was before the Postal Service decided that they were going to charge you for them. <laughs> you could get them for free. Yeah, that's true. Stuff has changed. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Also, according to the Washington uh, Free Beacon, uh, there's been an audit now at the USDA, <clears throat> and we found out that they spent twelve point five million dollars on free lunches for ineligible households. <laughs> so. Uh, free and reduced price lunches for kids who were not eligible for the program because they were not from low-income families. Mm, shocking. But remember, the cupboard is bare. We There's can't no, cut can't anywhere. Cut we can't cut anything anywhere. <laughs> That's such a great point. Jeez. Every time we come up with one of these stories, we should re-refer back to the Nancy Pelosi thing. The we, there's nothing left bare. to cut. Mm. Ugh. Uh, their food and nutrition service, which administers the federal school lunch and breakfast programs, does not require households to provide income information, leading to hundreds of thousands of ineligible children re receiving the free lunches. You know, and Food Network is doing this big push now, saying something like one quarter of all the children who qualify for free lunches don't get them. Well, <clears throat> maybe that's because their parents provide them with the lunch. Or maybe, I don't know, they go home for lunch, or maybe they're having lunch in some other way. That doesn't mean they're not getting lunches. <laughs> no, of that course does that's not. does not mean means. they're going hungry. And I, I think a lot of people who qualify for the program don't want the program. Right. Right? I probably at some point in my I life wouldn't. qualified for that program, probably. but I'd never and got it. I never wanted it. it. 
Yeah. You know, because it doesn't, just because you qualify for this program doesn't even necessarily mean you need it. Because how many, how many American households actually go hungry? I can tell you that the children number, we actually did something on this. Because they claim the one in five. One in yeah. five kids go hungry. The, no. the um, average, uh, you know what, I, we should find, a, do we have a, I want to say it was Inconvenient Book. And so the st- number is uh, going to be a little bit old because that was 2007-ish. <laughs> um, but the number of children who, like, again, what do you think of as hungry? Like, do you miss a meal based on the ability to, like, you can't, because you, you, you can't get food? Um, the number, I'm trying to think of what the exact measure was, but it was something like, like one that. in 400 children yeah. that actually happens to. That, I believe. Um, you know, and, and look, that's too many. We want it to be zero in 400. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, it was something like one in 400. And that doesn't mean that they were hungry in the way you'd think of it. Like, when I think of hunger, I think of someone who day after day after day can't eat. Can't eat starvation. Starvation. Yeah. yeah, that's what I think of when I think of hunger. Um, what they talk about a lot of times is, uh, what, what's it called? It's called um, hunger... It's food instability is what they talk about. So it's like the feeling that you might not get food, but then you do. <laughs> it's like that is an actual thing they measure. Like you know, I'm think I don't know necessarily. And that's one in four hundred. No, that's, uh, no, that's that is one, a higher number. That might be oh. one in five. Okay, yeah, or whatever. Okay. I don't know. Right. I don't know where they're getting that number, but let, we'll find uh, inconvenient book. There's got to be. Can we get a copy of that, Natasha? There's got to be a copy of around it somewhere. Uh, inconvenient book. Can you can you go grab that? Um, and uh, and we'll get that number for you because it was amazing. I mean, it was one of the things that I worked on in the book, and I remember looking. I'm like, I cannot believe, like, because we, you know, in, in the and the conclusion of it was, essentially, it's almost insulting to talk about hunger in America, mm-hmm. to the countries that actually deal with it. I mean, like, there are countries in which, they, mm-hmm. like, that sort of thing is actually true. I mean, where people really don't get food, they go days and days where without you go eating. Hungry to bed. Yeah, you go to bed. Yeah, night. like, I mean, it's it's. It, yeah, it, I mean, look, we've seen the Sally Struthers commercials. We know, Stu. We have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What can you get for like uh, the price of the humpback whale with butter sausage? For, for less than the cost of the humpback whale and butter sauce that I just ate, Stu, you could feed a child. <laughs> I, I always know that Sally Struthers eats humpback whales with butter sauce. That's the one thing I know about Sally Struthers. <laughs> every time, it's always humpback whale with butter sauce. <laughs> So hey, stupid. at least she's still alive. Right, that's you know, right. So yes. they, that's an impression that's right. of an awful live person. <laughs> oh my gosh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Although she's not actually doing that role anymore, <laughs> so it does still work. In the... <laughs> she's probably what eighty years old now. I gotta find out. That, All yeah. right, there's more patents still coming up. Mm, that's nice. In just a minute. Mm-hmm. Do you saute right. that, or would you broil? Okay. First of all, you marinate it okay. in the butter sauce, okay. and then you pour the delicious butter sauce and mayonnaise <laughs> mixture all <laughs> An inconvenient book. I freaking love this book, man. I love this. Mm. This this one. It's a good one. I'll give you two two Glenn Beck classics, in mm. my opinion. 
this one and arguing with idiots. You're right. And um, why are they classics? Because we participated. Well, we worked on them, yes. But if you look, it's just packed with, like, arguments, information, stats, all in, like, really good, colorful, like, ways uh, to it, present them. It's, it's a funny. brilliant book. It really is. It really is. If you don't have an inconvenient book, you should buy it. Seriously. It's, it's worth even today. Like, worth it. Some of these stats or, like, are Glenn be... always says, I don't care if you spend it. Go to the library and read it. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. So every time, you can just hear people cringe at Simon & Schuster every time <laughs> yeah. he says that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you know what? <laughs> Buy the book if it's good, uh -huh. if you like it, if you enjoy it, and, uh, you know, because it's great. And, I, and you go through it, and there's just, like, so many just great uh, just illustrations. You just and... pay some money for it, you cheap bastard. Yeah. And now this one's even paperback now. It's a paperback, <laughs> so it's nice. I mean, you're probably going to use one for, like, eight cents these days. It's worth yeah. getting, though. Because it's a great reference. Both of them are great references on topics. Like there's mm -hmm. topics on minimum wage, topics on poverty, topics on uh, oil independence, all this stuff. And the one you were talking about was the uh, the, the children in poverty, yeah. the children who go hungry so, statistic. The one that Food Network, they're, they're on this child hunger, no mm -hmm. child hungry or something, mm -hmm. uh, no hungry child, I don't know. It's a worthy cause. But they keep citing that. A quarter of all the children eligible for the food program at school don't use it or don't take advantage of it. Well, maybe they don't need to, right. for one thing. Yeah, maybe the eligibility is what's the problem there. Right. It's, it's too wide. Yes. And the other thing is they keep citing the statistic of one in five children don't know when their next meal, where their next meal is coming from or whatever. I don't really know what that means. I don't really know. Right. Does it's that like, mean they go hungry every day? No, right. not in America. They no. do not. No. They so don't. What, so what does it mean? Because it, it's meant to elicit a reaction from you. Right. It's meant for you to think, Pat, as someone who, as the average Food Network viewer that is not going through uh, census documents to figure out the answer. The, the, the average person is supposed to say, wow, one out of five kids in is, America is, that is, is starving, unacceptable. doesn't know where their next meal is coming from, uh, mm -hmm. but really hungry, like might miss day, day after day after day. Okay, so here is the actual stuff. This is, uh, there's some stuff, uh, just listen to the exact categories because it's a little bit different to understand. Of those Americans uh, defined as poor by the U.S. Census, so you're already a poor person, mm -hmm. okay? You're in that group. 89% had enough food to eat throughout the entire year. Okay, so 89% had no problem eating any meal throughout the entire year. 89% of the poor. Okay. Wow. Only 2% had bouts with hunger on a regular basis. So 2% of the poor had bouts with hunger on a regular basis. Now, that's really, really low, but that doesn't deal with children. That's adults, too. Okay, and Here's the poor, the, so you're talking about if being under the poverty line is considered poor. I don't know exactly what the measure, but that's it's, it's considered poor. 20% of the people. So are you now talking about 20% of 2%? You're, uh, you're yes. You're talking about 2% of 20%. 2% of 20% have a bout with hunger on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, at some, and what does that mean? About so about with hunger. Who knows, right? But here's number. the child set that I was remembering. This is, it's actually more impressive than I actually said mm. last time. Um, overall, just one out of every 400 children skips one or more meals per month. Per month. One meal per month wow, because of lack of cash. One meal per month. Now, I, even I, as a fat ass, skip one meal per month, not because of cash, but mm -hmm. I, even I Time. will probably skip one meal per For month. Sure. Um, For you sure. Know, the, and look the, at us. Yeah, and we're horribly, horrifically, uh, mm -hmm. and that's actually what it goes on to here. Um, in fact, the biggest uh, food-related crisis for America's poor is eating too much of it. And this is another part of it, because people say, well, yeah, they're, they, yeah, they might be overweight because they can't get the quality food. They, don't get, they get the trashy garbage right. food. Um, food countries, 
This country's porker problem doesn't discriminate between rich and poor, and studies have shown that people's intake of fat, vitamins, minerals, and protein is almost identical across class lines. America's, America truly is the melting pot of pot bellies. What is this book like, 100 years old? I mean, the, new information, old. the I mean, new information right. we have coming out now proves that the people, that's wrong. Yeah, I mean, look, to be fair, this Probably was 2008. This is, right. this is before, no, this is going to be before that. It's 2006 or 2007, because this was before the financial crisis. So there were, was a period where those numbers probably did get worse and it probably returned to relatively close to these levels. Uh, this yeah. is the, also has, the, uh, has this, this classic thing here, this uh, uh, illustration, which says, um, is this a per poor person's home or a circuit city, which does not even exist anymore? These are the percentage of poor, poor households in America that have these items, and these have all obviously gone up in the last eight years. 97% uh, uh, color TV. 63% um, cable or satellite TV, 76% have air conditioning, 56% have a clothes dryer, 65% have a washing machine, 55% have two or more TVs, 59% have a separate stereo, 78% have a DVD or VCR, 73% own a car, 30% own two or more cars, and 73% have a microwave. Uh, yeah. Of the poor in this country. Go! I mean, I'm not even talking not... about the $500 cell phones. Yeah, and that's before. Yeah, yeah really before that. Oh before the smartphones yeah, even th really started. Th think about that. There, my wife and I didn't have two two cars uh, for you know the A first several years of our marriage. Yeah, actually, and I was we weren't poor. We just made do without it. Yeah, you know, and a lot of people. I, I for the poor. What is it? Thirty percent of poor. Thirty percent of poor have more? two cars or more. That's amazing. Look, yeah. When, look, what a country. What a country. Yes, thank you. And you know what? You really when, do not have people, much of a poverty problem. When they start considering people who are poor, there's so many people that are poor that mm -hmm. don't feel poor. Sure. I mean, you have a nice. You, ha yeah, you have that, and somebody comes along and says, "Wow, you're poor." Yeah, then you're going to be pissed. That's the whole mm -hmm. point. Everybody wants more, 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 instead of no, I'm not. We're eating and we have mm -hmm. a TV. And I think a lot of people feel that way, though. Yeah. I think a lot of people, if you tell them they're poor and they, they, they don't have, they'll tell you, no, we, what do you mean? We make do with what we have. We've got plenty. We have enough for our needs. A lot, I think a lot of, of people are like that and they make sure that their kids are fed before things like a second car or, you know, another color TV in the house or a cell phone or mm -hmm. whatever. I mean, mm -hmm. when you're making decisions like that, it's either you, you eat food or you pay a monthly cell phone bill. Of course, you're going to go with food, right, if you're a responsible human being mm -hmm. and you've got children. Um, well, so you get food stamps. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, you could get food stamps. Yeah, you got to keep could. the cell phone. And apparently, a lot of people are taking that exactly. option right now. That's what I'm, they keep pushing that. That's Jeez. what I mean. Yeah. You're poor, you're poor, you're poor. Crazy. I guess I am. And they're they're actually uh, they're actually advertising at the farmers markets again, right? Yeah. Did you just bring yeah. that story up? I did. We talked about. I heard uh, our local station talking about uh, they're going to start advertising for uh, more food stamps at all the mm. farmers markets. And I thought I had a story brought up. I must have. And what they do I must is have checked out of it already. Darn it! But we talked about um, uh, the infrastructure. Mm -hmm. than it takes to do that, let alone the advertising, which was, made me think of Stu right away because there's no advertising government products right. Of all. any kind, for anything. But, mm -hmm. but they talked about uh, making it available to more people at the farmer's markets, being able to use your EBT cards or whatever they call it, wherever you're at. Mm -hmm. And uh, then a guy had called in sure, and Texas talked about Lone working Star for cards. a company uh, that built the infrastructure because they didn't have it at the time to be able to... Uh, 
use the cards at the farmer's market, which was far and beyond the money that they had allocated for uh, advertising and getting the people at the farmer's market to use because they had to use cell phone technology, not the machines that they give to businesses to be able to use them. So they had to have separate stuff. That totally makes sense. And by the way, uh, that was one of the first episodes we ever did of Deserted, which we run on Wonderful World of Stew, the food desert thing, where we go to the food deserts and show you how there's grocery stores in all of these food deserts, <laughs> even though they're called food deserts. And that was one of the first ones we did. We went to a, one of the biggest farmer's markets in the entire area, the entire uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area which has all sorts of uh, healthy fruits and vegetables and nuts and berries and like crazy yeah it's awesome i mean like it's 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 really cool to go close to downtown uh yeah it's down like near where the cotton bowl is and all that that kind of sort of general area i've been there you know what i'm talking about so we went down there and went there what it's right in the middle of the food desert right in the freaking dead straight in the middle of a freaking food desert ridiculous (laughs) and there's absolutely no reason on earth to advertise for people to get on food stamps there's no If you are going hungry, you know there's a program. Somebody's going to mention it to you, and you're going to go get it. There's absolutely no reason on earth except you want people to become dependent on you. So you spend the money to go out and advertise your program and try to get more people on food stamps. It's unbelievable. 888-727-BECK. More patents, too, coming up. It's true. It's inevitable. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You don't want to miss the last segment. You can't. You right? douche like Chris Cuomo? No. Stay around. Not our people. There's leaking out different details of this Deflategate report, and I know this is old news. It doesn't look good, reports, but, but it's okay, bad. If you don't remember, uh, Deflategate happened during the playoffs last year? Right before the Super Bowl. Right was, before the yeah. Super Bowl that, when they won the AFC Championship uh, game against uh, the Colts, yep. right? Uh, they, they're supposed to be at a PSI pounds per square inch of 13 pounds, Approximately, 12 and a half mm-hmm. to 13 and a half, I think. These yeah. were at about 11. Mm-hmm. And, and so the, the, they were deflated weather. so that you can get a better grip on them. And the Patriots, oh, we didn't know anything about it. I didn't know about that. And Tom, Tom Brady was like, oh, I've never asked anybody to do nothing. I, I didn't know anything about that. I'll throw the ball if it's at 80 PSI. I don't care. I'll throw a beach, beach ball around. I, I, I've got a big hand. Uh, whatever. So now they're saying that they have the guy who is the, uh, uh, they're saying that they believe Brady knew about it. Um, the the guy the the um, the equipment manager is actually called the guy who did this was actually known around around the <laughs> camp as the deflator. Uh, he they have dozens of text messages here, and they're all the you know the guy who deflated the balls who denied he went into the bathroom and deflated them. Then they caught him on camera doing it. Um, he uh, is saying like they're like oh Tom must really be on your case this week to get the, the balls deflated and stuff like that. It's like that wow. blatant. I mean, they bought, uh, they knew, wow. and uh, cl- quite clearly now. I mean, I, they obviously did know. Um, and it's interesting because the same thing happened with uh, when the uh, New Orleans thing happened, um, when they uh, had all the bounty gate thing. Mm-hmm. Roger Goodell's right. point on that was even if they, even if he didn't know, it's not an excuse, and they still suspended the coach for a year. Is Bill yeah, Belichick right. or slash Tom Brady are they going to get suspended for no. significant amounts of time? I don't believe so. The Super Bowl champions, 
No. This is pretty bad. This is worse than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be more questionable. Uh, we don't know for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, this looks pretty damning. Pretty damning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, I still rooted for them in the Super Bowl because I of Richard too. Sherman. I did too. Uh, <laughs> Maybe right or wrong, that's what I did. I absolutely believed 100% they cheated, and I still wanted them to beat Richard Sherman. Yes. Uh, all right. Now, we uh, we promised you yesterday that we would go over the history of the PG-13 rating. It's I guess it's somewhat interesting. The uh, rating was introduced in 1984. You remember, it was either G, PG, or R, R mm-hmm. or X. Oh, X. Yeah, that's right. X. Right? Which was never, nothing was so ever X. Nothing was ever that because you, there's no base there and, you're, you, you know, nobody wants to be seen going to an X-rated movie. So you got G, uh, then they went with G, PG, PG thirteen, uh, then you had uh, NC seventeen, and oh. you had R, mm-hmm. RR, and NC seventeen replaced replaced kind of X, X yeah. later on. Um, well, here's a here's a, a look at uh, the uh, video from Pitchfork on how we got to this point. In 1984, the Motion Picture Association of America introduced its first content rating since its G. PG, R, and X classification system replaced the Hayes Code in 1968. The PG-13 rating appeared after a summer in which the grisly imagery of two films prompted debate. The first PG-13 film, John Milius's Red Dawn, was quickly condemned as the most violent movie ever made, setting a pattern the rating would follow through today. Filmmakers could get away with a lot of violence in a PG-13 movie, but little in the way of sex or profanity. Brief nudity, once glimpsed in PG-13 and even PG movies is now largely verboten. Gay content can get films like Love is Strange and R-rating simply by depicting affection between gay characters. Then there's the unwritten two f**ks rule. One use of the F-word will keep you safely in the PG-13 realm. Two f**ks and it's an R. For evidence, look no further than the inoffensive Irish musical Once, which f**ked its way into an R. The PG-13 rating has failed in part because so many PG-13 movies have succeeded financially. That gives filmmakers an incentive to tone down violence and frightening content in action and horror films in order to secure a softer rating. Hmm. Huh. Which, I mean, I probably well, was part of the uh, sure. aim of it, honestly. I don't know if it failed. It's probably part, part of the aim of it mm-hmm. at the time. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I, think the, I think the 2F-word rule, I think you can get away with 2F-words. I think you can, too. In a PG-13. I feel like you can now, too. Um, but 3 puts you into the R-rated category. And the context matters. If you say, I'm going to right. you, F someone, that's, that's different an than automatic F-U. R. But F U is not. Which, again, now these are all bar- bizarre so arbitrary. Lines. Can we do some, before we leave, the most distracting extras in movie history? Yes. Here's a stormtrooper that hits his head. Look very closely. Okay. Takeover. <laughs> <laughs> and they apparently left it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Takeover. That's not an outtake. That actually happens. Yeah. How about uh, a kid has to pee in Back to the Future 3, mm. uh, Doc's youngest son, Vern, uh, has to go and then points to his groin. Let's watch, Let's okay. watch that. Of course it's a race! But what does that mean? It means your future hasn't been written yet. No one's has. Your future is whatever you make it. Make it a good one. He's up there looking off. Of again. course it's That's a race! Me. I never noticed that. Okay, um, how about an extra just falling down with Batman and Catwoman uh, finding Bane? Okay. Watch the guy on the left. He just runs and then... 
just falls down. Just fell down. <laughs> How did people catch this stuff? Uh, and then uh, boy covering his ear before a gunshot in a scene on Mount Rushmore. Um, let's watch this. Okay. Let go. North by Northwest. Let go. Yes. Save the phony tears. Oh, yeah. You guys see him, he's sitting there in the, he's got the blue, he's kind of looking backwards behind the woman there, mm -hmm. and then uh, he knows the gun's about to go off, and then he puts his, <laughs> that's funny, how did that stuff get through, and how the hell did people notice it? It's amazing. Uh, kind of amazing. Yeah. So there you that's go. That's a big movie, too. Really? It was North yeah. by Northwest North, a hit? Yeah. <laughs> it's iconic, man. Nobody. Grandfather did. Nobody did. Your, your oh, grandfather. my grandfather did. Yeah. Oh, huge. did your grandfather huge, like that movie? Huge for grandpa. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. What year were you born? <laughs> we happen to know, of course, because somebody ratted you out. Wait, so. we do? What was the oh, number? Yeah. No, you don't know. Yeah, it was 1960. He's, no, that's not true. He's 54. 1959. <laughs> that's not it's, true. It was either 59 or 60, because you're 54 or 55 now. The picture was no, from seriously. some yeah, yeah, okay. stupid Shut yearbook up. thing. No, yeah. seriously. Shut up. Seriously. Oh, that's 54, right. 55. That's right. The yearbook thing. The guy yep. sent me a picture. Yearbook tells all. Sorry. Yearbook that no Sorry. You're on it. You're out now. Again, I love this audience. I think that's yep. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>